Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Milling. And this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and in pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. So to kick this week off, we have some very fun, amusing pop culture moments before we get into the serious (laughs) nitty gritty of things. It's always good to start off on a high before we depress everybody, I think. And honestly, (laughs) the internet... I love I like it's my favorite thing in the whole world when it's really obvious that celebrities don't run their own social media and also when it's very obvious that like a random person is like like not not like an AI is doing this like it's not just like somebody like scheduled everything or like did whatever it's like somebody probably logged into a wrong account and posted something because they were just like oh shit this happened today I gotta go post this is what social media managers do it's true so it became very apparent this week that Kesha and Charlie XCX share the same social media manager because uh someone accidentally tweeted about Charlie from Kesha's account in which Kesha tweeted i got nominated for a brit award thanks to everyone who made those decisions i literally have no idea who you are and then like three photos of charlie xcx <laughs> like posing sexy on a bed and like also kesha isn't british so like i don't even think she, she, yeah, she, can, she can't yeah <laughs> it's not for her it was like very quickly deleted but fans who have notifications saw it and screenshotted it and because charlie like loves to like also be a troll with her fans online charlie tweeted a screenshot of like kesha tweeting what charlie was supposed to tweet saying congrats kesha <laughs> and then kesha replied and said lol congrats beautiful so in the end they like made a joke out of it but i think everyone was just like very amused but also now i'm just like okay but was it just not the social media girly doing that for herself (laughs) (laughs) what if i stirred the pot (laughs) i'm just like imagining her being like oh charlie charlie would make fun of this and then like doing all of that herself like screen capping it being like lol thanks kesha signing on to kesha's being like of course (laughs) Well, no, the thing is that, like, once it got deleted, like, they went and posted the proper thing on Charlie's account. So it was very clear, like, oh, shit. And then they, like, fixed it. Yeah. Um, But then, yeah, it still got out. So (laughs) a nice little way to kick off the week. Honestly, I love that. So we also asked on our Instagram, like, what exciting, interesting things were happening in pop culture this week that you guys thought that we should acknowledge. And uh, Maggie Duncan had commented on our story being like, oh, like, what about the Boy Genius Rolling Stone cover? Which I was like, thank you so much for asking. Because as an avid obsessor of Rolling Stone magazine and their (laughs) infamous cover shoots, uh, this is 100% my wheelhouse. Personal gift. (laughs) Personal Personal gift gift for Sarah Fagan. (laughs) A personal gift because I follow a bunch of different people who work at Rolling Stone on Instagram and so my Instagram feed I was like scrolling and it was just all the same photo and I was like yeah I was like what is I was like what is happening right now and what is this and I love when there's like a pop culture moment where I like look at something and my brain's like I know I've seen this before but where 
And so I started Googling like infamous Rolling Stone cover shoots. <laughs> and so it's really cool because the, not only the cover photo, but the whole image story for this cover story for like boy genius announcing that they've like got like are making another album together is playing homage to the 1994 nirvana cover shoot that they did so not only is the cover image the same of like them wearing uh like these like pinstripe gray and black suits but inside they also paid homage like continue to pay homage to nirvana in that they uh, there was like this other very like infamous shoot of like the guys in nirvana wearing like skirts and like bright outfits and like hanging off of like a lamppost or something and so then they did that with boy genius as well and i was like oh i fucking love this it's so great but also it's like number one like that was so creative of like the creative team to like come up with that idea but number two it's like look at these girls taking the torch on whatever from nirvana and like making the like emo grunge music of everyone's dreams and i was like this is really awesome i really like this and i feel like kurt would really like this and that like made me happy (laughs) no completely agree and for those who don't know what who boy genius is it's the rock trio of julian baker phoebe bridgers and lucy lucy dacus so essentially they are for the sad gays so (laughs) they are really both paying homage to rockers of the past while doing something completely new and very exciting for like rock music in general yeah no it's it's really cool and yeah it's just it's just nice to have something like truly wholesome occurring (laughs) in the rock music discourse because i feel like that doesn't happen enough i mean if we want to talk about wholesome moments in rock music, we did have Nana Skin getting married to each other this week, which was funny because I found out I found out about it from MGK's story. He like Machine Gun Kelly posted. He was like on my way to Rome to watch Nana Skin get married, and me and Sarah were like, "What's going on?" And this was like very clearly like a fully branded like thing for their to to build attention for their album release which just came out their album's called rush but the like gimmick was married in a rush and they literally showed up in like these white convertibles like all four members of monoskin are like dressed in like dresses and suits in their usual very stylish very gender non-conforming fashion they show up walk down this like red carpet all of their like (laughs) friends and like famous celebrities and like industry people people are there and they get married like in a church and then they have a concert but I I was kind of like this is like a joke right they're like fake married they're not like real married it is true that Italian law does not recognize polygamous marriage so legally (laughs) not married in spirit married (laughs) yeah they were just like we need to show the world that like this love is legitimate and forever in our band and our friendship (laughs) and also like the other fun thing that was going on here is that like since they kind of skyrocketed to fame they've been dressed by alessandro michelle who is the former gucci creative director like they worked very closely with him just kind of like kind of like harry did and so alessandro was the officiant for the wedding which i think is just like so funny because it's like oh yes these like sexy famous like italian rockers (laughs) getting married by by the creative director well ex-creator director of gucci very monoskin fashion honestly like just a very fun a fun moment yeah it was it was very on brand and very chaotic which makes sense for them and honestly also though speaking of chaos (laughs) 
the other great thing in pop culture, like not so great thing for Shakira, <laughs> is that she put out like the probably the best diss track that will ever come out that I will never understand the lyrics too fully because it's in Spanish. Um, <laughs> but thankfully, the, lo- the lovely bilingual people of TikTok have taken the time to translate the lyrics to her latest single, which she calls out her ex-boyfriend and father of her children, Gerard Piquet, <laughs> for, for cheating on her. And my favorite part of this is that she realized that he was cheating on her because every time she would leave town and come home her jam would be like the jam the levels of her jam would have gone down and uh pk famously apparently does not like jam (laughs) this is a powerful thing of like being observant is like you notice shit like this it's so obvious to you but like to someone like gerard it clearly wasn't obvious. So Shakira was like, my jam is gone. It's not you. It's not the kids. So who is this other person <laughs> you're bringing over to the house? And they began an amicable breakup in June 2022. But then she added a song with Raul Alejandro called Te Felicito. And in the music video, they open a refrigerator to discover Alejandro's head on a platter. So that was kind of like the first drop in the bucket of like hinting that like things in the relationship went sour. And then the mm-hmm. second one being this diss track with Bisa Rap, which also like if, if you guys are into like Latin music at all, like Bisa Rap is such like a huge thing. He's basically like producer, like DJ type type person. Um, and he's done a lot of really really popular tracks with like a lot of up-and-coming artists or artists who are like very buzzworthy in like the latin music scene but for him to like collab with Shakira my mind was just like blown because Shakira is such like a global superstar already so this like collab is like really like just kind of like mind-blowing like a really awesome thing to happen in general but it was in this song that she revealed more details of their breakup and her figuring out that Gerard was cheating on her it's very amusing for me personally, because at my at one of my old jobs, whenever there was like downtime, like a big thing that we would have to do is like write net worth stories because people really like to know how much someone's net worth is. And so one of the like really big ones I had to do is about Shakira. And then Shakira was on trial for like tax evasion or something. <laughs> yeah. And so I kept having to like add to the story. And now in the song, it turns out that that's like PK's fault. Oh my God. <laughs> so- um- so funny i'm like wow also his new girlfriend is a 23 year old clara chiamarti so shakira 45 has every right to be married um also also i saw that he put her on his company's payroll like and like had like quote unquote like hired her as like an assistant or something so that he had like a reason to like give her money so there's clearly there's like a lot more going on here that we don't have the details to. Um, but one more piece of this story that I think is very amusing is that allegedly Shakira turned a witch doll on her balcony and placed it facing the direction of Pique's mother's house. So apparently her ex-mother-in-law lives next door to them or next door to Shakira's house. Yeah. She put a witch doll on her balcony. Allegedly. Allegedly. But I do think it is very amusing. I love this. 
honestly, like more power to her. And I also just love how while Shakira is having this you cheated on me anthem, that's like very apparently a you cheated on me anthem coming out or bop, whatever you want to call it. Miley Cyrus also gifted us with the you cheated on me pop banger, (laughs) but has been like was like it was way less obvious, but also like obvious to anybody who like has their brain deep in pop culture like we all do and so now this brings us to the main focus of today's episode (laughs) which is the internet internetting so this was already a main plan for today's episode but inas.pov had responded to our instagram story asking for our takes on this miley banger so we're we're giving them to y'all because we have lots of takes because the internet is fully doing what the internet does when it comes to this which is fans and journalists alike looked for the Easter eggs as to what this song could be about. And uh, they they took it a little bit too far. Honestly, I- I'm here um, for and it. So- and so I'm absolutely, all the, we're going to tell you the details, but like, I'm absolutely here for like, maybe for most, fake, for most of it, for most of it. allegation <laughs> Easter eggs. It's very amusing. Yeah. And it's, it's been, it's been interesting to watch happen because coming from, the fandom side of things. I'm like, oh, I love when fans figure stuff out and like make things more interesting. So then people are more intrigued as to what's going on. But also I hate lying. (laughs) (laughs) There's an exaggeration of the truth going on. No, some of them are straight lies. Um, Well, it also, which like we'll get to, but it all started with like a we hate Liam thing. And it's kind of ending in a, but is this all Jennifer Lawrence's fault thing, oh. which I will get to. But I love a good cliffhanger to keep you guys listening. <laughs> so for those of y'all who don't know what's going on, Miley Cyrus has started her new era of music with her single called Flowers, which is very clearly like another another song about her failed long-term relationship and marriage with Liam Hemsworth. And she left so many Easter eggs in this song that honestly, like I just assume most Miley Cyrus single is going to be about him, but it did drop on January 13th, which is his (laughs) birthday, which is a very Miley thing to do to him. And so because it was dropped on his birthday, everyone's like, Ooh, we're going to have to look for clues. And man, did they find some. (laughs) So the big thing that everybody was like really focused on is that a lot of fans think that like the chorus of the song resembles Bruno Mars's song When I Was Your Man because there's been rumors that like when Liam and Miley first got engaged that he dedicated that song to her even though it's pretty universally thought of as a breakup song because like the a main lyric of the song is like Oh, like, I wish I had bought your flowers. I wish I held your hand more. Like, I wish I had, like, paid more attention to you. Like, things a guy says when he realizes, like, yeah, he fucked up the yeah. bag, basically. And so then Miley's, like, in her song goes, I can buy myself flowers and I can hold my own hand and, like, I can entertain myself with conversation on my own. Like, who fucking needs a dude? And so fans were like, oh, shit. Like, this is clearly about that. But honestly, I'd never heard about that before. That feels very weird. But also, Liam Hemsworth is like a fourth child of of an Australian family. So like, can't really expect much (laughs) (laughs) from the department. They put too much work into Chris Hemsworth and they were like, ah, fuck it. (laughs) They're like, they're like, we have one perfect son. Who cares about the rest of them? And going on from there. 
there's also a verse in it which refers to the massive wildfire that occurred in California, which burnt down their their home that they had together, in which she sings, we were good, we were gold, kind of dream that can't be sold. We were right till we weren't, built a home and watched it burn. And so their home had burnt down in 2018 during that massive wildfire. And Miley has even cited in interviews about how that fire burning down, they lost like all of their like personal belongings, like everything that was like, that had meant anything to them, like in their whole lives. And all they were left with was each other. And that kind of like made them realize that like they wanted to get married, which like at the time seemed really beautiful, but also sounds a bit like a trauma thing. If you like finally are like, oh yes, I should marry this person because now I have nothing left except for them. Feels a bit weird. And so those are like two very like strong points to lean on to to be like ah yes like this is this is about liam like this makes sense we get this and then the theories start to get a little bit a little bit out there like uh, still believable but a little bit out there and so there's also this like red carpet moment that's been going around on tiktok since the song came out Liam is, like, clearly annoyed by, like, Miley's behavior. And then they, like, because she's just, like, being herself and being quirky. And he's like, keeps being, like, can you, like, calm down sort of thing. So there was, like, one clip that people keep showing of, like, Miley goofing around and Liam, like, saying something to her. And she, like, sticks his tongue out at him and, like, jabs him in the side. And then he kind of walks off and she poses for photos herself. And then there's this other moment where they're talking to an interviewer. And she's kind of goofing around and he keeps like talking over her when she's like trying to talk seriously about her music that's coming out. And then somebody asks him about like if they ever dance together and she tries to like dance with him and he's like, I don't want anything to do with this. And like she's clearly like upset by it and he's trying to just like brush it off. And people are like, if you look at these like of this part of the music video where she's dancing in this black suit is clearly the exact same black suit that he wore to this premiere. And it's like, I'm sure it's not, (laughs) but it's also likely that she did get a suit that looks like it for a reason. So it's, it's like more of a 50, 50 situation of it being truthful. Um, no, I, yeah, I definitely think it was probably like an illusion, but, uh, alluding back to that moment. Yeah. But the wildest one that is completely baseless is that <laughs> Twitter user Poptings tweeted this past week before the song came or when the song came out, the house where the music video for Miley Cyrus's Flowers was recorded was previously used by Liam Hemsworth to cheat on Miley with more than 14 women while they were married. And so there were rumors that both of them had cheated while at the time when they were married. This came about like in 2019, but Miley took to Twitter to say, the truth is once Liam and I reconciled and I meant it and I was committed, there are no secrets to uncover here. So she kind of like said none of the cheating rumors are true she went on to tweet i can admit to a lot of things but i refuse to admit that my marriage ended because of cheating liam and i have always been together for a decade i've said it before and it remains true i love liam and always will when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the 
must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I think it's really interesting because the first tweet kind of makes it sound like maybe when they were like because they were like on and off for like quite some time before they got married so i don't necessarily know if it would count as cheating but it seems like there probably were like some discrepancies at some point in their relationship but not during the marriage part of it and anything that like was a discrepancy they both were aware of and therefore there were no secrets to like come out in that regard is like how i took that but also it's just like they were married for like three years two of which was during a pandemic and when does he have time to cheat on her with 14 like, also like where did this number come from it feels like they just like they literally just did like a randomizer like 13, 13 a word randomizer obvious <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, i have no idea like and it was just so funny because i think the tweet also just said a source told us and it's like what what the fuck sources does pop things yeah, have yeah. it's like Okay, like, if you're not linking back to something, I'm going to take everything you say with a grain of salt. But the thing is, is that TikTok took this and fucking ran with it. And it was so insane because the first time I saw, like, the first time I saw a video, it was literally just, like, a person, like, a pop culture person. It's a face making like reacting with like music like i think the song playing and the screenshot of the tweet and i sent it to jenna and i was like what the fuck is this like i didn't even look into it more because i was like this feels weird and then i kept seeing people responding to it but it's interesting because a lot of times no matter like how big the person is on tiktok they'll usually have like the source as like green screen behind them but it's as if these people knew that this was bullshit because like nobody was like green screening the source of, of this quote of this information. They're just like, I can't believe Liam would do that. Or like, oh, it the makes is, sense that Liam would do this. The thing is, um, stuff like this, no matter how baseless the allegations are, it makes it more interesting for everyone to like get involved with it, to, for everyone to start paying attention. Yeah. And but like I feel like this is the thing where it's like why why media literacy is like so important and like understanding that like just because a source gave information like just because somebody says a source gave information it's like who the fuck could that yeah. source be like some girl who walked by the house yeah. one day and saw a woman yeah. there like who knows and it's like the bigger the publication the more trustworthy the term a source told us yeah should be. And, and so when it is just not, like <laughs> not a trusted publication. <laughs> and so like it is just interesting, like from the media literacy viewpoint of it all, of just like how quickly people were to take it seriously and kind of run with it. And how little articles there were about the cheating rumor and any of the ones that did come up were like debunking this rumor because it's like this rumor is baseless and ridiculous and i think that that is really interesting just in regards to like viewing how journalism handles when rumors like this happen where it's like there's such a specific way to handle it and it's just it's just interesting like watching how tiktok 
take like we'll take things and run with it and try and make things fact that like yeah. aren't i do think it's very interesting that this album from miley seems to be very 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 highly anticipated i've seen multiple friends like talking about this yeah. whereas like her rock and roll record like some of her previous records like haven't been as popular even i feel like the rock one it did relatively well but i think for some reason people seem more excited about this upcoming record and it also feels like because there's so many like actual illusions in the music video itself to like the past relationship yeah. that people are just more like invested in like ooh, what's the gossip whether or not people are believing that the like cheating rumors are true it makes for more buzz around the song and like the album promotion yeah well i think also like if you think about like miley's media life following the like the the release of her rock record it felt like she was doing a lot of like reclaiming the narrative and also rehabbing her image in a lot of ways and i feel like a lot of people gained a lot more respect for her and everything she was doing following up the release of the rock record so while it might not have been like as anticipated as this record is i think like once the release happened and then she was doing all those cool covers and like being a bit more like available to the public i feel like a lot of people were like oh right we love miley cyrus i forgot about this yeah yeah i agree there was also like an interview that she did recently or was circulating recently where she was even talking about like growing up in the spotlight like being hannah montana and like how that kind of affected her so i it feels like also with this album cycle like she's giving us a lot of herself which is like honestly she's always done she's always been like really honest with the media and stuff and so i think people are very interested and excited to see how this next record unfolds so i did leave this off with a uh, jennifer lawrence oh yeah bombshell. i'm like what what, what happened with jennifer lawrence <laughs> which, which which i would like to which Please i need to follow up us. on in that the most recent thing that fans have speculated that miley alluded to is that also in the video miley is wearing this a very specific gold dress this very specific like backless gold dress, which is very similar to a backless gold dress that Jennifer Lawrence wore to one of the Hunger Games premieres, which is a movie that she starred in with Liam Hemsworth. And there have been rumors circulating for years that the two of them had an affair on the set of that film. And there have been like multiple times where Jennifer has like almost accidentally admitted to it but like never has gotten there because you know how she used to be and it very quickly turned from how could liam ever do this to miley to of course jennifer lawrence is a homewrecker Mm. like the conversation very quickly turned to that and it's always really interesting how quickly and how willingly so many people are on the internet to let the misogyny come out and how quickly they are willing to take the blame off of a man and put it onto a woman. That's not it, folks. It's never it. <laughs> no. Of course, it's like, if Miley wants to allude to that, that's Miley's prerogative. Obviously, like, both people are at fault. I personally think that in the case of cheating, the person that's in the relationship is more at fault than the person not in the relationship because the person not in a relationship has no horses in that race. So, <laughs> like, like they, like, they don't. And it's like, if the person who's involved in a relationship wants to do something stupid, 
that's their own fucking yeah. problem. Like, obviously, as the person who was cheated on, you're going to be upset at both parties and, like, mad at both parties and be like, how can both people do this? And, like, sometimes the internalized misogyny monster will come out and be like, why would another woman do this to me? At the end of the day, it's like, why did your man yeah, do that to yeah. you? What's wrong with him? It's <laughs> And so, yeah, I think that this has, ju- it, this has just been, like, a really interesting pop culture moment to watch unfurl online because of like all the different levels of discussion topics that we have on this podcast were kind of ticked (laughs) off and people doing this of just like crazy crazy fandom behavior lack of media literacy and internalized misogyny coming out to shine they hit a trifecta (laughs) i'm sure yeah yeah no definitely i think and more as this promotion cycle goes on and the album comes out more more will come to light and we'll see what else is on the record if there's any other easter eggs about their relationship yeah and so in speaking about finding out things from being on TikTok, Jenna and I also had a weird real like realization moment happen this week of that like all time low is still a band. Yeah. They still exist. Which was like which was like a weird thing because I mean I think we've talked about this quite a lot that Jenna and I grew up listening to them. Both of us kind of fell off the bandwagon in like the mid 2010s and like weren't really paying any attention to them until those infamous essay allegations came out against Jack in 2021, which it honestly feels like a crazy long time ago at this point because it happened, they put out a statement, and then we didn't hear anything. Just to give you like a little bit of timeline on that, the allegations happened in October of 2021. They put out a statement October 25th. We did not hear from them. They did not post on Twitter. They did not post on Instagram until January 2022. So like three months go by, and then like uh, just silence and then they start to post again but like very normally like not acknowledging anything and they played like a couple festivals and like all that sort of stuff but it was all just very like quiet from like the all-time low camp and so i mean for people who don't pay attention to them like we don't know that anything's happening. And so it was really weird signing on to TikTok. Like, I think it was maybe last week and seeing quite a few videos from some pop punk creators that I follow being like, why are All Time Low putting out an album? And that was also my initial thought was I saw this happening and I was like, there are still allegations against them that they said they were taking to court how are they putting out an album right now? And so my initial thought was like frustration and annoyance because I was like, oh, once again, people just pretending something didn't happen because enough time has gone by and they expect people to forget about it. But also because I don't pay attention to All Time Low, I forgot what their statement looked like. I didn't know what was going on. And so Jenna and I started doing some research into this to like try and update ourselves on this because it's always interesting to see like, fan reaction because a lot of fans also like we talk about a lot on this podcast they just think from a fan perspective which is either like we're gonna support this band no matter what or we have to stop supporting a band because allegations have come out like there's the two sides and that's about it and there's no thinking about like the inner workings of like what's going on here and so we went to look online because none of the like none of these tiktokers have acknowledged 
the court case or anything like that. They're just like, why are they putting out an album? The automatic response is to be angry, which I understand. But in doing research, it seems like Rolling Stone and The Enemy are the only two publications who have been consistently reporting on what's happened with All Time Low. And so in February of 2022, Nancy Dillon for Rolling Stone puts out an article called All Time Low Sue to prove sex abuse allegations are false. And they got hold of like the complaint that was filed. And it says that it claims that the band has no idea who the online accusers are, leaving them, quote, no choice but to mobilize and utilize the civil court system to identify the culprits, prove that the defamatory statements are false and seek justice. And it continues on to say that the purpose of the lawsuit is to establish the unambiguous truth and quash these malicious lies so they won't be repeated in the future. And this was in a nine-page complaint filed to the Los Angeles County Superior Court. And so basically... At the time when all these allegations came out and people found out about the lawsuit, a lot of people were mad because the lawsuit was saying, like, we need to find out the identity of these anonymous people online making these allegations against us. And people were just like, what the fuck? That's really messed up. Which, if you don't understand how court cases work or any of this works, obviously that is going to be your thought process because it's just like, no, you should be able to, like, come forward anonymously. And as we saw, like, in the case with Brock Turner, like, the victim in that, she was able to, like, be referred to as Jane Doe in the case and, like, didn't have to show her face in court, but she decided to. But up until that point, like, she was not named. This is the thing. Even if All Time Low found out the identity of this person in February 2022 when they were, like, we're putting in this that like we need to have access to this person's identity we the random people of the world would still only know people who have put out allegations as jane doe one jane doe two and jane doe three we would never have their names that would be only information that all time lows team and would have because it's not it's not our business but because they were taking this to court as a defamation and libel case it technically is their right to have access to the identity of this person And so at the time in February, it was still like up in the air what was going to happen. And then fast forward to December of 2022, Nancy Dillon writes another article for Rolling Stone titled Twitter ordered to identify Jane Doe who accused all time low of sexual abuse. And so in this article, Nancy writes, a Los Angeles judge sided with the band members and gave Twitter 10 days to hand over, quote, identifying information for Jane Doe 2, the person behind the account that posted the lengthy statement in October of 2021, the most detailed first person account of alleged abuse referenced in the lawsuit. And... Rolling Stone obtained a new ruling from Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Daniel S. Murphy, which stated plaintiffs cannot proceed with litigation without identifying Doe 2. He continued on to state that while the right to publish anonymously is protected by the First Amendment, freedom of speech does not extend to defamation. And that means the plaintiffs who file, quote, legally sufficient lawsuits have a right to discover the identities of their alleged defamers. The ruling goes on to say that here the complaint states a valid claim because it sets forth the exact statements alleged to be defamatory, alleges that they are false, and alleges that defendants made the statements with actual malice. Plaintiffs deny under oath the accusations, so plaintiffs meaning all-time low, deny under oath the accusations made in Doe 2's Twitter post and damage is presumed without the need for proof in libel per se cases where a statement is defamatory on its face, such as accusations of sexual assault. Nonetheless, 
plaintiffs allege that they have lost reputation, goodwill, and lost revenue. Therefore, the complaint states a valid claim for libel per se. And so basically what it's saying is, is that like everything that All Time Low has put forward to the court is enough information for the court to be like, there's a lot to prove that this could be libel and therefore like you need to have access to the identity of this person in order to like move forward with this case. And I love that... I love that for three months I had to take a, a class on uh, court case journalism <laughs> just so because Sarah apparently could, I learned everything. Just so Sarah um, could and be, now, <laughs> just so Sarah could be here today to explain this case to all of us dummies. Just so I could be here today and make you guys not go into uh, student loan yeah. debt and take a master's oh degree. Um, I will give you the information that I for learned free. going to multiple uh, court sessions in England, which is number one. Everybody in that court was still wearing a fucking weird white wig. Um, and number two, number two, if there is an ongoing court case happening, you cannot comment about it to the public. So in doing this research, my anger and frustration that All Time Love decided to put announce an album with questionable promotional material, which is not what we're discussing today, but... Weird choices in how they're promoting the record. But the reason why they, they're they playing shows and putting out an album and doing all of this stuff without acknowledging the ongoing court case is because it's an ongoing court case and that could cause issues for them. And so, unfortunately, most fans are not going to Google what the fuck is going on with All Time Low and instead they're just going to get mad because that's what fan bases have done throughout time and space. Yeah, okay. It is interesting because I think fans and general public now are so hypersensitive to notes, app, apology statements, like any type of statement that it feels a little bit like no statement can ever can never be good enough, period. Yeah. But in thinking of PR, in thinking of image reputation, for All Time Low to be continuing to put out an album without acknowledging anything, as Sarah mentioned, a lot of fans are like really upset about this. But if you're thinking about from a PR standpoint, it's like, well, it makes sense that they're putting out an album and not saying anything because they're continuing to operate as they would in the sense that they're continuing with their livelihood, with their business, with their art. And I think without the knowledge of the court case, it's easy to be like, what the fuck? Like even your, your original statement was like, you cultivate a safe space in your audience, in your community, and you haven't even like addressed this, but then this is why yeah. we're, we are pulling the court case into all of this is because, because the fact they are, they are currently in a court case, they can't really address anything. It's weird from the standpoint of somebody who used to be a fan of theirs and who has always mainly seen positive discourse around them from their majority female fan base, whether that be on TikTok, on Twitter, wherever. The general consensus for years has always been like all time most fans on their own accord kind of made all time low shows a safe space because they're like look at all these girls on a pop punk show like let's yeah, create something yeah. special here and then all time low saw that happening and we're like okay like let's lean into this and it felt like it was very successful for quite some time regardless of like their weird on stage banter and all of that because i think that the on- weird on stage banter was kind of always counteracted by the fact that it was a majority girls at the shows and so I can understand from the fan perspective of fans being like, how could you have leaned into this like female first kind of 
narrative, whatever, and like not be responding and just acting as if business as usual. But if you put it into perspective with knowing that like there's still a court case happening, like it took almost a whole year for a judge to be like, yeah, you need to have access to the identity of this person. And on on top of that, with the statement that they released after all these allegations came out, they made a statement being like, we are innocent. We're going to fight this with all of our might. And so therefore they are acting as you would if you believe that you're innocent of something, which is to just keep doing business as usual after taking the time to make sure that like your initial statement of innocence is reciprocated amongst everybody, which is what I assume they were doing in those three months that they like were not online of like checking in and being like, we're sure we're good here. And it's like at the end of the day, like I keep saying, it's like they are responding to everything as if they are innocent. They're continuing to go about life being like, we're innocent of this. We're trying to prove to y'all that we were innocent of this by going to court for this. And it can be hard, number one, probably for some of y'all to hear like us giving some sort of explanation to this, especially with like how much we've been talking about the Herb Depp case and the situation with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, because the Depp and Herb case was the defamation libel case. And the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie thing is literally about custody of a winery, essentially, that because of other events occurring around it, will also have abuse allegations involved in that court case. But in all of those situations, there are police files, there are FBI files, there are witnesses, there are countless people coming forward with their names and faces and like reputations on the line to discuss the allegations of abuse. Whereas when it comes to the all-time low situation and all of this work that they're putting into it, it's because the allegations were from anonymous sources online that had no proof of these things. And so that is where these cases can differ because All Time Low is just trying to get more information to see the validity of these things that they're like, we don't think this happened because there was like very little substantial information to go with just like the written out explanation of like what an anonymous source online says occurred. Clearly, this is very complicated. There's a lot going on. Anything that gets into legal matters is always going to be very complicated. And we are, the general public is not always going to have the full information, especially while the the court case is ongoing. Um, I think you know, Sarah and I wanted to discuss this issue because All Time Low is a band that we grew up with. It's a band that many of you guys have grown up with. You guys have talked to us about All Time Low and a lot of you have mixed feelings about all of this going on. Should I support them? Should I not support them? We think anytime there's abuse allegations that come out, it's a very personal matter, especially if this ban is personal to you. And so Sarah and I are not here to weigh in on our personal opinions on where any of this stands, if we think it's true or not. More so, we're wanting to explain what is going on with all the information that we have to help you guys understand what's going on and help you make a decision whether or not you choose to support this band or whether or not you choose to wait and find out what happens with the court case to then support this band or not. It's really important to know what's going on, but also to, as Sarah just mentioned, differentiate this from the like the Depp Heard trial in particular, because we don't have a lot of information at this point. Yeah. And from all time low from their statements i mean 
from their original statement, they said, you know, we don't believe this is true. We don't believe this happened. There's not a lot of evidence to support it. And they also mentioned that they acknowledge their fans. They acknowledge that their fans have given them so much. They acknowledge that they do stand with victims. So they're clearly very adamant that none of this has happened. And this is a defamation case in the fact that these anonymous, essentially, allegations online that have surfaced are causing them effects in their career. So I think, you know, at this point for like us personally, it's just too early to know, like, we don't have enough information. But do you think it's important to discuss at least because as Sarah mentioned, when when this whole conversation was brought up, it's like there are people on TikTok who are saying that they're mad about all time low, not addressing this. And looking at the facts, looking at the course case, this is why they haven't addressed it. Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of putting everything into context, not just for ourselves, but for you guys too, because I feel like it can be really jarring showing up onto whatever side of the internet you're on and seeing videos or tweets or whatever the case is about something being like, how dare they put out a new album? And then you're like, yeah, I haven't heard anything. Because like I said, when I started this, like that was my initial thought of like, we haven't heard anything. Like, why are they doing this? Like, that feels a little bit weird because the automatic reaction is oh they're ignoring it because that's just what white men do is like if you ignore it long enough you can just pick up where you left off with your career and no one will notice anything and so in a way it's kind of an unexpected surprise to find out that they like are still trying to fight this and trying to prove their innocence because I feel like a lot of times in the past when things like this have happened where the band's like this doesn't feel substantial enough or like there's not enough information they just kind of sweep it under the rug and keep moving with our lives so I think in that regard it is quite interesting just to like see what will happen and it's kind of nice to see a band taking the allegations somewhat seriously but that's the most of an opinion I will have (laughs) 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 because it's a dangerous thing to have an opinion about honestly just in regards to the fact that we're trying to have some sort of journalistic integrity in regards to like the this kind of discourse and having opinions has no journalistic integrity whatsoever so and you know us it's fucking hard for us not to have opinions but we're trying (laughs) so i mean obviously the miley cyrus thing and the all-time low thing are two situations that are going to kind of be slowly unveiling themselves to us over the next couple of months now that this ruling was made in the all-time low defamation case and because Miley's album will be coming out soon so it'll be interesting to see where both of these take the conversation going forward and as per usual if you guys have any thoughts or feelings about any of the stuff we discussed today we're always open for conversation and you can find us on social media we are at name three songs or if you have any personal beef or love you would like to throw our way you can find us on social media I'm at Sarah underscore Fagan and Jenna is at Jenna underscore million so thanks for joining us this week on name three songs and until next time never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band i remember you're never too cool to listen to miley cyrus don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review they really help if you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode you can visit name3songs.com the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 